What's up, guys? I'm Tim Geddes. This is Tone Deaf. I've been waiting a very long, long time to be able to do this show. Very excited for it. This is the Game Over Greggy Patreon exclusive for February 2016, 2017. It takes a while. You know, there's that. Your Patreon bonus episode. There's been a lot of changes this year. We got, we're still working out the kinks to try and figure this all out. Mm. Tone, thank you very much for joining us. What up? You are, are very influential to what kind of funny is and will be, I think. So to be able to sit down and talk with you like this is it's going to be fun. We're looking at an hour of an adventure here. All right. I'm looking forward to it, man. Thanks for having me here. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm a fan of these guys now. Yeah. That's, that's the cool thing. I love it. I love it so <laughs> much. So, so that's the thing. Is like I've, I've been following your work for over a decade mm-hmm. at this point. Huge, huge, huge fan of you and all the collective and all, all the stuff that you guys have done. And everybody at home knows that by now because I talk about it so much on every show that we do and everything, every single video and whatever it is. There's always something. Mm-hmm. Um, but for this, I what I want to do is make sure that we're hitting all the the, the spots here because I, I know that a lot of the people that are listening to this are not familiar really with you, with right. your music and with who you are. So I want to make sure we're not getting too lost in the weeds of okay. the like minutia and weird like, you know, nerd shit that like, you know, these people just don't understand. Start, I break, give start them, breaking down the RGB values of the baby blue. Exactly, right, exactly. Right, right. I, I, want, I want to make sure that it's a, a top level enough that like they, they can understand. Gotcha. But at the same time, I do want to dive deep into the Q and 5 blue schooler. Like I get the opportunity to ask you questions. Mm-hmm. What do they want to know type shit? So th- it's going to be kind of a mixed bag. Okay. So just, just putting that out there for the viewers so you understand what, what, what you're getting into. I'm excited. I mean, to start off, like, who are you? <laughs> My name is Tony Rojas, uh, but I'm more commonly known as Tone Deaf on the interwebs. Um, I've been uh, recording and producing music for uh, quite a while. I put out my first um, solo EP in 1997, started an independent record label called Q and Five Music, and uh, I've we've released as Q and Five. We released over 40. There's over 40 releases, and um, unfortunately, out of those 40 releases, I've only released two albums at this point. Um, long story, uh, how that happened. But um, I put out my first album in 2005 called Archetype. You can check it out. It's on iTunes. Um, and I just recently, after 11 years of a hiatus, I put out my second album called Polymer. So um, if you are a fan of singer-songwriters, I'm the rapper for you. If you are a fan of uh, really technical rapping, I'm the rapper for you. If you're a fan of genre mashing and um, alternative music like synthwave or shoegaze music, um, I'm the rapper for you. I try to mix all these elements and make something new that nobody's ever heard before, um, but still kind of keep it, you know, to me and personal, yeah. you know. Yeah. So that's uh, that's in a nutshell. That's what I do. And it's fucking fantastic. So the the visuals that we're seeing behind us are is the artwork for the four EPs that make up the the new album, yeah. Polymer. Yes. Uh, this was the second one, Demon. Earlier we were seeing the, the artwork for Glutton. So for anybody that's like, why is there just a naked woman behind us? It's like <laughs> that, there's reasons to it. There's so everything you do. There's always so many layers. There's always so much thought put into everything, including the artwork. Like here, so so for Demon, the the kind of idea of the album is the, is you kind of battling with with time and with your anxiety and all that. And you can mm. see it here with like um, the tire tracks and stuff make the clock mm-hmm. and stuff. Like I'll let you elaborate more from there, but <laughs> yeah, uh, this, um, these covers, the first three covers were done by, uh, a, an amazing Eisner award winning cartoonist named Becky Cloonan. She's an illustrator. She does uh, Batman comics. Every yes. Once in uh, a while. She, uh, fun fact, she's the first uh, female to ever illustrate a Batman comic book. Um, just recently. So sexist. Um, so, you know, I'm glad, Glad she's making moves. 
Um, so this would be the Hunter cover. This is the third one she did. Um, she did a uh, cover for um, a group that I work with called Cut and Linguist and um, an album called The Piece of Strange, and I fell in love with it. And I've not heard of it. I started researching her work. A yeah. million times. Piece of Strange is incredible. Go check that out. Um, so I fell in love with her artwork, and I reached out to her to see if uh, we could work together on something. Um, this album is, the new album is a four-piece uh, you know, collection of EPs. Uh, each EP had its own style, its own theme, um, and its own sort of um, you know vibe to it. Um, and each each one had needed a completely different cover to kind of justify their existence. And each of the EPs is another portion of my own personality. So um, this would be the cover for Phantom, where it's you know this uh, a person who is not really in control of their life, and there's this kind of like horrible you know, black cloud floating over it, controlling all the pieces of them and uh, manipulating them, you know, so where's your self-control start, that sort mm -hmm. of thing, you know, so the, the Jenga man, all these yeah. little, somebody who can easily fall apart, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying, and uh, like who's really in control of these pieces, so that's kind of the level where I try to, you know, take all of my um, my artwork and I was happy to have her kind of uh, collaborate with, um, to, on these covers. Uh, this this particular cover was done by my high school friend, Brian Christopher. This is the only one that was not done by Becky Clinton. Kev, can you go back to the first one? So then what's the story uh, of this? <laughs> um, this is uh, the from the, the cover for the first EP, uh, Glutton from Polymer. Um, basically, this album dealt with, uh, you know, my sort of the black hole that I was living in for a little while. And uh, when I rock bottomed essentially with, you know, my sexual addiction issues and all that. So, which you can hear about on the game over Greggy show. Yes. That Tone was yes. On. Uh, <laughs> so, and you, so that it's symbolized with, yeah. So if you, if, if you can see it now we, we can do the, the Vanna white. So right over here we have breasts and right over here we have uh, this gaping wound. So in a nutshell, um, I wanted to kind of signify, if you notice like the, her breasts kind of form eyes, and her womb kind of forms a mouth, and the guts form a tongue. So the whole idea is basically um, this this controlling factor in your life that as 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 filled as you can become with what you want to eat or what you want to consume, it's really consuming you at the end of the day. You know, so the the, the more consumed you become, the more you are consumed by what you're consuming. And so you can't really see it right now because it's just part. So that's you eating <laughs> yes, this you, with you a see, knife you, and a fork. You see the eyes in the bag. It's sort of like that that deep, dark sexual id. So, I mean, all of this is, it's so, <laughs> so ridiculous, but that's kind of why I fell in love with your, your art from the beginning. And it's, I don't even want to say I fell in love with your music because it's so much more than that. Like, I feel like you pay attention to every single aspect of the experience, right? Mm -hmm. And that kind of goes all the way from the album and the cover art and all that stuff through to the music videos and, and, and whatever. But like that is too easy. Mm -hmm. And I, of course that's hard, but like th that many people have done right. But I think you, it goes way deeper back to the experience thing where Q and five, the label, it wasn't just, a bunch of rappers together oh, or no. even a bunch of artists together. Like Q and five was a family. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Q and five, I mean, essentially was this, the idea that I had was to make it a, 
um, you know, a community driven record label um, and kind of, you know, we were the, pretty much the first guys on the record label front to really use the Internet in that way. Um, we just so happened to be a very tiny hip hop label out of New York City. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, when when we were starting to do our, our releases and using message boards and things like that uh, to release our records and, and do the shows that we were the way we were doing them, nobody was doing it in that space. So a lot of people gave a shit for that. Like we were routinely called net seas and internet rappers and, and dismissed and not really kind of given any sort of credit. So it's hilarious now to see that every artist ever, their entire career is based off their online presence. And that's, that's the, the, the ironic thing about the whole whole thing is that you, you guys, you're, you're the slogan for Q and five. One of the many was <laughs> uh, five steps ahead of the game. Yeah. And I feel like that was accurate from the, moment it began until right now where it's just like it's just always always too over the head of everybody until they understand it and then it's too late yeah you know there there was there was always a a degree of that like how far how far can we take the conceptual stuff but at the same time like how can we kind of keep it open-ended for like layman you know Mm -hmm. to kind of come into it um i think i feel like we we managed to walk that line pretty well i feel like as when we started it was definitely more sort of mainstream leaning or like what was popping in music leaning Mm -hmm. and as which was battle rap and kind of dick jokes and yo mama stuff yeah just you know just you know just cypher style shit you know punchlines and 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 just being crazy and saying shocking shit you know what i mean um just for a the laugh or, factor yeah you know? i mean yeah like around that time period that would probably be like the closest approximation of the early q and five stuff right so, and then as years went on and, and we all started to grow we, within our music we the the work became more complicated and it became more conceptual so like the fans that stuck with us were like experiencing these completely different sides of, the, of us mm-hmm. you know like as we grew the music grew and then the you know the, the 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 metaphors grew and the 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 levels of complexity in the records grew the production became more complex became more lush so to the point where i'm doing a record like polymer i wouldn't even fucking even knew where to start to make polymer 10 years ago or 11 years ago cuz mm-hmm. i i wasn't artistically there yet you know cunnilingus was part you know part of q and 5 when they made will rap for food you know you compare that to honorology their last studio album it's a fucking quantum leap of just like genius, mm-hmm. like to go from here, which is dope, you know, but to the artistic achievements that you're getting now from the artist, it's, it's beautiful to see because people invested their time and can, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you follow along, but to see an artist mature and to, for people to allow the artist to mature, that was the Q and five thing. Like everybody was like picking it apart and it forced us to make it deeper so mm-hmm. that there was more to pick apart. And that's the thing. Yeah. It, it felt like at every step of the way, uh, while you guys were five steps ahead, there was people like trying, trying to tell you, it's like, you're going the wrong way. Mm-hmm. You're walking the wrong direction. And that just kind of made you guys run faster and further away yeah. from what they were doing. And Definitely. and that, even to your fans though, and I think that's the 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 coolest part about it all is like you were talking about the, the growth and how the music grew and the production grew and all that. The fans grew too. The community grew as well. And they were all there from day one. And it just keeps kind of like um, steamrolling through and me being a, a huge part of that. Like, mm-hmm. 
I Tim, Tim, Tim was there. Tim was there. I was. I he was, was there. at the shows. Yeah, and I it's saw like, Tim. The, the the cool thing about that is I was at the shows like with with Cool Greg, my brother. Cool Greg was there, yeah, and we would. Cool we, Greg was at the shows. <laughs> like I remember being too young to even get in because we weren't twenty one. So <laughs> the first time uh, Pack and Cunning Linguist came through, Pack FM, uh, another amazing rapper. It's my best friend uh, and Tone's best friend. <laughs> when when he came through uh, to San Francisco, like I couldn't even get in because I wasn't twenty one. Wow. And uh, my brother was like so far from that as well. Like, he was probably like 14 at the time. But we still went to the show. We still stood outside of this small ass little bar on Hate Street for hours just trying to hear from the outside Man. to the point of the, the security guards I being like. that. And it's just like that type of shit where it's like we were so dedicated and it almost didn't matter because like we ended up seeing just at least hearing stuff and seeing people and that was cool. But like. There was so much more to the experience because we had been on the forums and on the internet yeah. talking to these people that have a shared love of the the experience that you guys are providing. Again, not just the music, the experience overall. Yeah, like we used to have like Halo competitions yeah. and shit like that, like with with leaderboards and shit, like all up on the on the forums. Like, and and that's what's cool is it's like it, I know that you guys back home can can understand this because it's what we have now. Mm-hmm. It, it's what kind of funny does. It's it's building a community and interacting, and this it's a level of it's it's not just just about the product we make. It's not just about the Game Over Greggy show. It's about the entire overall union of um, creator and fan mm-hmm. and the the experience of it all and meeting these people like that I, I talk to every day on the internet mm-hmm. um, and then standing in front of this bar that we can't even get into because we're not old enough, mm-hmm. but having guys that are old enough that I've never met before, mm-hmm. D-Willie, hey, you know, D-Willie. being there and just being like, yo, I'm going to try to get you in. You know, mm-hmm. and like going in and trying to pull strings, trying to talk to whoever he can mm-hmm. to get us in because he knew that we fucking were there and we wanted to see this. You right, know, right. And it's like there's such a weird like family level friendship that yes. forms with people you've never met. Yeah. You don't even fucking know. And again, I see it at kind of funny live and it like warms my heart that I'm like, man, we've been able to create something that makes people feel the same way that I felt going to, whether it was just a concert or the Q and five mega show, right. which is entirely the inspiration for what kind of funny life is Wow, where it's like a, a yearly Mecca where people <laughs> just, it's a destination event where from all over the world, people travel to share an experience of this thing that they love together. You know? Right. And yeah. They could soak in mm-hmm. all of it all at the same time yeah. together. And that's like, it's a religious experience at yeah, that point. You know what I'm is. saying? I I, no, I feel you, man. I it's it is it's beautiful to see how how you guys are doing it. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like it's like this this modern era of modern version of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and uh, it's fun for me to watch. <laughs> like it really is. I mean, that's awesome. It fucking works. And I'm happy that you're a part of it too. Like I think that like the the most satisfying thing for me as I've been growing with uh, with kind of funny and with just Tim Gettys as a as a name that people know. Mm-hmm. I love that I can tell people, hey, listen to Tone Dev. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, you know what? I'm going to give that a shot. Because right. I've been saying it for years. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I've been screaming it from the top of buildings for so long. Right. So that now when I'm like, oh, man, like check out. The, like the fact that today or yesterday, Greg tweeted out, um, hey, Kind of Funny Morning Show is not happening. Tone Dev's coming through right. to do a game of a Greg show. And all the responses are just, fuck yeah, fuck yeah, man. Oh, I love Tone. This is awesome. I'm like, <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, it's like, this is, this is crazy. Because like the amount of times that I've like literally begged people to listen and to they're your like, music. Oh, yeah, shut the fuck up. Shut yeah, get out of here. It's, yeah, exactly. It's, like, it's so, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's rewarding. It, I feel like I'm able to give back in a way that it's, 
it's mind blowing. And I, I really appreciate you guys for trusting me enough to be able to recommend something that I love that much, you know? Oh, thanks, Tim. I appreciate it, bro. Yeah, it it, it really is. It, it means a lot to me. I mean, it, it's trippy, you know what I mean? To see, to see like how you've, you've made it really a real concerted effort to kind of put people onto my work. And I'm so fucking appreciative. I remember the first time that I saw you talk about me. I think it was, I forget what the top, I, think, I don't know if it was like best rapper or, or best favorite rapper. Fa- is or, what it was. Or no, it was like musical experiences. It was even before oh, that. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. And you told, he told this whole story on, on the show about like, just, you know, like, I think it was like a mega show story. Yeah. Must've been. And like, it, it was it was so touching for me because I I've seen you at the shows and it's like to see you in a position where you can kind of like tell your story to your own audience you know what I mean yeah and then it's sort of like this like weird meta like you know and I'm watching it and I I teared up because I, I was love like, that man I was like you got to understand something man like I am probably one of the most underground rappers ever like i've for as long as i've been doing it and for as much music that as i have circulating and as much as i've been a part of the my audience is so small so when i see people that are out there like basically proselytizing like you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah, yeah. i'm like whoever the fuck that is i love that person absolutely <laughs> you and know it, what i mean that to it was me, it's really touching that is the special thing and that's why i love the, what we've been able to to build because there are those people and there's so many of them like to be able to I, I'm always going to keep going back to kind of funny live because it's like my favorite thing of all time <laughs> and you were part of it. So it's relevant here. But like to be able to stand on the stage and look out and see people and be like, fuck, I know so many of these people mm-hmm. like I talk to you on Twitter all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I know you, I know you, I know you. And it's like I know their names, I know their stories, I know all this shit. Mm-hmm. It's so satisfying. Like I'll never forget after kind of funny live one, uh, it was PAX East. So we went over to um, to Boston. OK. And this was years ago at this point. And Sean Pitts was there. Okay. And like he came up to me like before the, the thing. And he was just like, dude, you know, like I just I wanted to let you know, like the intro to Kind of Funny Life One. Mm-hmm. I watched that on YouTube probably once a week. Wow. And he's like, I just watch. It's just it just brings me back to a moment. Mm-hmm. And I just get overwhelmed with the emotion of of everything. And I'm just so thankful. Mm-hmm. And that it like it made me cry, mm-hmm. like it hit me so hard. Where I'm like, I worked so hard on that. Yeah, like I was up yes. for a week straight editing this thing. Yes, and I know everybody loved it. I know everybody like that was there had a great time, but the fact that somebody specifically was like, that is the thing that I liked about it. Mm-hmm. It's like that is the it's the validation Tim Gettys part of it. That's the yes. work, that's the blood splinters I poured into it, mm-hmm. and it hit me so hard because I was like. I did that for the Q and five mega shows mm-hmm. looking at the intro videos and all that. Like even to this day, I'll just be bored in YouTube Q and five mega show and look at old videos. I'm like, I remember this even once I wasn't there for, you know, <laughs> right. like the Oh six mega show. I remember watching that video of punk on right. YouTube right. over and over and over and be like, when's this song going to get fucking released? Yeah. Like, I need the studio version. <laughs> right. Like I fucking need that shit. And it's like, it's so weird that these, these, um, Communities get formed that get so obsessed over something mm-hmm. that every little thing feels like it was planned out. Even when you now looking back, I'm like, there's no way they thought about all this shit. Oh, you you know, might be surprised, Tim. But, but there is some, there is some, there is some <laughs> things that I'm you like, you might be surprised. There's obviously a lot. That I mean, there's is, obviously coincidence that. Yeah, happened, yeah, but, yeah. But, but yeah. like, it's just funny because like, I think about it now, and I'm saying it from our side where mm-hmm. we'll have in jokes on the game of a Greg show, and things will kind of grow and go out of control. There's a lot of things that happen. I'm like. We did not mean for that to happen. Like, yeah, that's what we meant. Uh, but we'll put it on a t-shirt. 
yeah. you know, it's like, it's, that's, it's, it's funny to, to kind of experience that side of it, but yeah. to keep going with, with what I'm, I'm talking about here, like hearing that song punk, mm -hmm. you premiered it at the mega show. And I'm like, this is what I want to fucking hear. Like, this song sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. And then it never came out yeah. for, for a very long like, time. It took like two, like two, two years, years yeah. after that. But I listened to this YouTube snippet over and over and over. And then when it finally did come out, it was a studio version with mixed in samples of the live YouTube clip, like the exact YouTube. Yeah. Clip. Like it wasn't even your own recording <laughs> of it. It was the fucking YouTube video that I was obsessed with. And it's like things like that where I'm like, why is there anything in this world I care about as much as this mm -hmm. that that excites the fuck out of me? You know, I mean, I was conscious of, of these things. I knew that because it had taken so long that the best version of that song would have been something that was mixing that that live version that connected because I saw that it connected with the uh, with the you know the studio recorded yeah. version of it. So I wanted to use those elements to kind of like tie it all together because. I was hyper vigilant on those forums. Mm -hmm. Like I read every single comment and I might not have responded to them all, but I was fucking watching all of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like when you have that level, I mean, as, as a creative, you understand this now. And as, as, a, as like, you know, the, the head of these communities, part of the head of the community, you understand like you can almost predict where the, the wave is going to hit. You know what I mean? Because you, you see the reactions of how people are kind of moving towards a, a certain direction. You're like, you know what? If I can just fucking cut them off right here, when they hit this wall with this thing I'm about to make, I'm going to fucking crush their skulls and it's going to be amazing. Yeah. You know? And so, you know, case in point, that song, I, I, I was seeing the reaction online. I was like, I have to make a version of it that has the library, the yep. live snippets in it. And you were fucking right. Yeah, there you and go. I, th that's the thing is it, it really <laughs> goes back to, I think the real overall theme of this conversation is it's the experience. It's mm -hmm. curating the entire experience. Cause it's not just about the song, but it's about making those people feel something listening to that song. And right. it, it reminds me of kind of funny live where I, I could have got that video out in a month, mm -hmm. just put it up and it would have been great. People would have loved it. But I was like, no, I want people to watch that video and feel what they felt in that room. Yeah. And I think I accomplished it. Yes. And, and that it, it goes back to the Sean Pitts moment where I was just like, you cared about the thing that I care so much about in the same way that me noticing the samples in punk, that's what you cared about. That's mm -hmm. what you wanted us to experience. And we did. Mm -hmm. And like that, it's crazy because from 2003 ish to like 2007, I would say is like Q and fives real rise yeah. to, to like being a thing. Like it was, that's the most when it was, a destination a website, qn5.com, where yeah. the community was vibrant. Yes. Releases were coming out every... <laughs> <laughs> Often enough. <laughs> eight months or something. So there was something to talk about, yes, right? Yes. Whether it was getting hype for the next thing or getting hype for a video or hype for an event or a tour or whatever, mm -hmm. there was always like something, something building. And there was a lot of growth in that time, I think, for the community where... Uh, as people, because mm -hmm. as the music was growing, as as you guys as artists were finding your voice and trying to understand the stories you wanted to tell, uh, you were talking about Connie Linguist and, and that stuff earlier. Mm -hmm. Their earlier albums were exactly what we wanted at the time. It mm -hmm. was like dick jokes and battle raps and stuff, and mm -hmm. I fucking loved their first two albums. Right. Then they came out with A Piece of Strange in 2006, and I hated it. <laughs> hated it. It was like, what the fuck is this? Mm -hmm. Like, you're trying way too hard to be deep. Like, I don't understand it. It's going over my head. Mm -hmm. The production is way too, like, 
loose and, and, and clean at the same time. And like, this is not the fucking battle rap yeah, shit that I signed up this for. This isn't the circus beats with the, you know, exactly. It wasn't that. It wasn't that. No. And, and then I grew up and I think that is, it's a, a crazy thing because it was really the first moment that I realized that Q and five was way more important to me than just the music. And even just like the experiences I was having, because I realized that you guys knew what I needed before I even did mm. not even needed wanted, hmm. you know? And then when a piece of strange and I mean, like even archetype and all that stuff started coming out, I was like, wow, like I thought I wanted this stuff. And even once I got this new stuff, I still was pissed off with a pitchfork. Right. But then eventually it hit me. I'm like, Oh shit. Right. Piece of strange is one of my favorite albums of all fucking time. This every single thing here is curated in the way that I'm talking about liking these people. The same reason that I love the community. I was, you know, upset about it's just like it's such a weird dynamic between i love this thing so much which is why i hate it right yeah absolutely well um i think we were talking about this the other day but there's you know there's like an entitlement thing that that happens with your with your devotion or your fandom where and you love it so much that you try to own it but it isn't truly yours yeah You, you always people tend to forget like the commodification of art isn't necessarily uh, a good thing because once something gets becomes you know cookie cutter you know it or homogenized it just kind of like all starts sounding the same and and you know people will love it for a little while and then the artists don't necessarily grow they get stagnant and then you know it dies out on the vine eventually yeah so the records the records that they lose quality after a while and then you know someone else comes with that new thing and everybody moves along and they go away but you know i'm a huge tori amos fan you, I loved her first, you know, her second album so much that anything that did not sound like her second album, I fucking hated. Uh, her third album comes out, and I fucking hated it. And then I, I played it, and I gave it a chance, and then now it's like one of my favorite albums mm-hmm. because I was able to kind of like get past my initial, you know, like I need more, I need more, you know, what I yeah. mean? of that same thing. And and um, it's really difficult to do now nowadays because you have to turn out music so much now. There's so much content you have to produce to stay relevant content that's what it's called yes the fact that i have to say content and not be like music or song it's content now yeah like everything is content like in 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 in, not to sound pretentious but like in regards to art art is not content it's art it should be timeless Mm -hmm. if i'm not writing something that isn't that I'm where I'm not aiming for the fucking rafters and the pantheon of like all time to me it's not worth it so while that takes way too fucking long, I, as an artist or as a person, I don't feel comfortable releasing something that I'm not 100% proud of. Mm-hmm. And so I will put the time and effort into it. And all the guys on Q and 5 will put the time and effort into their stuff so that it, when you do sink your teeth into it and you are a fan, it's worth it. And that development takes time. It takes fucking time. So, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where I wish, I wish that I could turn out shit that I didn't care about and I was just like I gotta feed the machine but I can't and you know that's kind of like not served me very well in some ways yeah you know but it is what it is and I mean that's that's very interesting to me because I I feel like I'm kind of caught in a really ironic place Mm -hmm. where uh the the work that you guys do is my favorite thing in the world I would say in terms of like any type of entertainment or media um that I've ever consumed 
Thanks, Tim. Because it is so thought-provoking, so deep. I've had so many conversations with my brother for hours and hours and hours about <laughs> this album, the the track sequencing. Would mm-hmm. we change anything about it? Is the sequencing on this album better than this album? Like all these like weird little things, but we're like, but we know they put thought into this too. Oh, yeah, and it's like there's there's like a weird level of of respect where you're like, I owe it to them mm. to think about the things that they thought about, right? Right. Going into it. But the irony there is like, but I'm Tim Gettys. I'm like the most like fucking asshole, just obnoxious. Like I want to be on stage wearing a flashy ass blue thing and rap and make, you know, fucking rapper horn. Like the rapper horn kind of just sums up who I am as a person, <laughs> you know? And it's just like, it's, it's always been, been complicated for me to kind of explain to people uh, why I like you, like why I like you guys. Cause it's like, it's just, it seems like it should be so so over my head of what I what I do. Like I should be way more low lowest common denominator than it is. And even I've kind of like grappled with that where I'm like, I get embarrassed sometimes when I'm I'm trying to like do the things that I like to do and like that I think are funny. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, man, Tone Def he follows me on Twitter. He's gonna see this. Oh come you know? on, man. But but how many you fucking followers do you have, Tim? But but, but that's one, <laughs> but that's my point though, is it's like I love that I get to be me and do all the, the things that I'm doing, yeah. but it's like, I'm still thinking about the, it's the perfection thing. It's like, when it comes to the stuff that I am proud of, I'm, I want it to be perfect because I want the, everyone to see it to make sure that I'm like, that does speak to who I am. Yeah. And I want people to know that I feel like what's cool with, with our relationship is that I feel like you, you know me enough that yeah. it's like, I'm not really embarrassed anymore about it. No, you shouldn't. It's be. like, cause you get the, this, where I'm coming from with it all, where it's like, I am just kind of having fun, mm-hmm. but it is, it is hard to think about, to know that I have 70,000 followers on Twitter and you have what? 10,000. 10,000. <laughs> it's insulting. Like it, it, I mean... it actually, it bothers me, you know? And it's like, to be fair, I totally understand. And I totally get it. And I could lecture you for days and days and, and days and, and on I, how you can fix and it. And I can give you plenty of actual legitimate reasons why it, it was out of my power in some ways. But, you know, I feel you. Yeah. But that, but that, <laughs> that is the it just it's hard. You know, uh, listen, you know, in terms of like followers and friend counts and stuff like that, you, two things. First of all, it, it's 2017, right? Like it's it's no longer, you know, fucking 1990 nine it's not 2001 it's not 2004 anymore like my my relevance within the popular hip-hop sphere is so minimal because i'm not a fucking 18 year old kid mumbling literally mumbling and you know drinking lean like i'm not like it's just that's what's cool in rap music Mm -hmm. and i don't do that so the wave of it's cool to be popular online. I mean, I was doing this well before there was Twitter. We were doing this well before there was YouTube. We didn't start in a, in a time where it was even possible to have these kind of numbers. I mean, you were one of the first artists to use Napster as a platform to get your own music yes, out. Yes. You know, like that is so next level thinking yeah. <laughs> back then where it's like now that's literally what everybody does uploading things to YouTube and I'm still using putting things out for free. <laughs> I'm still using Napster, bro. Uh, <laughs> old school son. No, like like not like I you know I I I've you know I had this conversation before but it's like you know if if we had just started 10 years later, you know, 
I feel like it. I feel like it would have been. Um, you know, uh, my my numbers would be comparable. It's just the fact that we started so fucking early. There wasn't even a platform for this yeah. shit. So it's like it's like you 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 peak before the fucking party starts. You know, in terms of like buzz or whatever popularity, but then everybody takes your shit and then they have their own party with it. And then it's fucking like, you're just out the door. Like, Hey, can I get in here? You know, like it, it, it just is what it is. Mm-hmm. Like I used to get upset about it too. I, you know, yeah. I, I'm being honest. Like I of used course. to, be, I be, it's frustrating. Cause it's like, fuck, like I was doing all this shit. Yeah. Where the, how, my, my numbers suck. You know what I mean? And it's like, and then like some, you know, some random, you know, fucking MC McG4, like on Facebook, I have like a million followers and I'm over here. It's like, what am I supposed to do over here? I'm like pouring my life, everything I have into this thing. It's not happening, but it's just too early. It just happened too early. Yeah. If I, I, I would go and I, I Google the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Beatles don't have the most followers. Oh yeah. They don't. Yeah. You know, Justin Bieber has the most followers. Yeah, because yeah, that's yeah. what's relevant. It makes sense, but I mean, I guess. The, do, do you feel me? Do you oh, oh, I absolutely right. Do. And in ter- and in terms of in terms of this, you know, you you, I, you do say this to me sometimes. You know, oh, you know, I just make these stupid fucking videos, and I'm I'm no, you know, blah yeah, blah yeah. blah. I'm like, you you pour your fucking life into this shit. You're genuine with what you're doing. You're I don't I don't consider you like some sort of fraud like you're a fucking artist in what you do <laughs> see even that i'm like huh? you know what but, I'm but saying? I, I do appreciate that I, I i really do and i just think that it's it's i'm very very humbled and honored that i get to be me and like my job is to be tim gettys mm-hmm. and like i get to be the real tim gettys and the tim gettys on camera doing the whole what's up guys i'm tim gettys thing <laughs> but it's like those two people are, are so very similar mm-hmm. it's just a, uh like greg miller puts it really well it's our on-camera personalities are just us amplified yes you know it's it is totally just us but again a lot of that I've, i learned from you like you have that uh the this presentation value to everything you do even if it's just like uh a commercial for uh, like a trailer for an album coming out mm-hmm. or like uh, the announcement of a tour, mm-hmm. right? Like kind of funny live too. I put out when we released tickets, I put out a trailer. There was just me getting people fucking hyped, epic mm-hmm. music underneath it. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, yo, we're fucking doing this shit. We're about to tear shit down. It's like, I would have never done that. Had I not seen you make hype trailers for <laughs> the mega show. It's like <laughs> the way you think about all every aspect of it is, has always been so impressive to me. And you, your your rap voice is also your your speaking voice and you're always kind of thinking with this this almost like tongue in cheek like salesman uh, <laughs> yeah. vibes to you and it goes to like there's so many skits and so many just like random funny videos on YouTube and shit where you're like like acting as as this like the fake tone deaf right like yeah yeah hey, exactly hey, blah, 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 blah. yeah hey, how's it, it going there kids. <laughs> and it's like that fits with the aesthetic that you have kind of created over the years as the tone deaf brand. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, well, that's all I've done. It's the Tim Gettys brand, the mm-hmm. kind of funny brand. It's just, you're not just a rapper. Like I would never even refer to you as a rapper. You know, it's yeah. like, it's, it's more, it's more just like you, you have a brand that I am extremely loyal to because it is very, very well produced. Thanks, Tim. I appreciate that, man. I, I mean, I, I pour every fucking waking atom in minute into what I do, and uh, you know, it's extremely time consuming. And it's just, it's very like bad for your health to be 
you know, sitting mm-hmm. down fucking months on end. You don't do anything except work, work, work. And it's stressful in, in a lot of different ways. And it's it's nice to be able to, you know, finally get shit out there for people like a Tim Geddes to fucking listen to and pick apart. Like the only real reason I have left to continue doing what I do is the fact that there are people that still want to hear it and going to shows and doing these things and having people come up to me like, Hey, my grandmother died last week. All I could listen to was optimist. I just wanted to thank you. And I got this fucking tattoo of your words. Somebody getting a tattoo of my lyrics is the biggest validation for me because Ain't nobody got no fucking punchline tattoos on their arm, bro. They have like life sayings. Yeah. You know, these, these like things that I Words wrote to when live I, by. You well, know? Yeah. Like uh, things that I wrote when I was in the darkest place of my life or I was in the, the worst, you know, uh, d- depression that mm-hmm. I had ever had. I, you know, when I wrote The Distance and I Wish I Was Dead was like this extremely dark, depressive state that I was in, you know, um, that when I see that I can pour that into the music and it comes back through other people to me that's the only reason i do it and so when to hear you say these things and, and to, to see how passionate you have been and to, i mean i've seen it you yeah, know yeah and it, it it means a lot to me and i and i do appreciate it and it gives me more fuel to keep going and i and i love that because it, again it reminds me of the the sh- i'm still in it you know i'm still in that 2003 to 2007 era um that, that q and five had where we're still on the up and up and it but i still think about that sean pitts moment mm-hmm. of him appreciating the thing i did where i'm like it motivates me to do the next thing you know and to, to keep going and uh, speaking of tattoos like my brother has a pack of them tattoo nice. on his chest pack of them another one of the, the q and five <laughs> Um, artist and it's like it's uh, what is it best, uh, the my, best reviewed QN5 artist oh yeah there you go Very funny enough <laughs> uh, but it's it's my canvas is a surface most people deem as worthless which is a song about graffiti mm-hmm. my brother connects with graffiti has all this stuff but I, I love that so much because that's something that no one else would get tattooed on their body mm-hmm. but it resonated with my brother in a way that he's like i live by this yeah you know like if you're this, a graph artist that's like a mantra yeah and he's yeah. just like this shit means something to who i am mm-hmm. and it's like yeah like even songs that aren't as like deep as something like optimist or um mm-hmm. the distance or whatever it's like q5 just has something about it that like people can relate to and like they want it to represent who they are you know that's why seeing when people get tattoos of the smiley logo on them it's like what are you doing? Yeah. You're fucking crazy. <laughs> but then it's like, man, like I'm, I'm not even going to like hate on it. Like I'm not even going to question it. I'm not even going to like, you like, judge it on their identity. Like, because it's, it's like, part of you care about kind of funny enough mm-hmm. as it, not, it's not even about us. You care about your experience with what kind of funny has brought you mm-hmm. in a way that like, yeah, you know, it's a symbol. It's, it's, it's literally a symbol. a symbol. It really is. Yeah. And that's, it's such a beautiful thing. It's, it's, it's my favorite. It's my favorite thing of all the things because as as a, as a as a writer, it validates the writing. Yeah, it really it, it's true. It's like you would take this thing that I wrote or I agonized over, and it connected with you so much that you'd fucking brand it on yourself mm-hmm. as part of your flesh. To me, I mean, what's more fucking hardcore than that? Yeah, you know what I mean, no, like, <laughs> yeah, it's, fucking, it's fucking crazy. You know, that's cool. You know, so I understand that that at this point, this has kind of just turned into a, a circle jerk of me. Like gushing over how much I love Tone F, but I, you know what? Fuck it. When do you, who gets the chance <laughs> to sit with their idol and just fucking tell them how much they love them? Like, this is such a, my life will never make sense. And I think this is such a, a cool opportunity. So thank you very much for, for allowing me it. I'm just going to keep continuing on that path. Um, 
Everybody's like, oh, the, fuck this shit. There, I know. <laughs> there's, there's a question uh, that comes up a lot of who's your favorite music artist, who's your favorite rapper, whatever. Yeah. My answer, always tone deaf. Always. Duh. Who's the best rapper? Tone deaf. Best rapper alive. And I, I stand by it. It's like anybody that, if you've listened to tone deaf, you know tone deaf. There's no question. He's the best rapper. How does it feel knowing that there are, it's not just me. There are many, many, many people that would say that you are the best rapper alive or dead. Best rapper, period. Mm -hmm. How does it feel? Like, does that, like, do you, do you buy it? Do you believe it? Do I believe it? Um, I know. Okay. I'm going to say this as diplomatically as possible. <laughs> Because I'm not, I'm not trying to get no beef star, no, no exclusives no, no. and shit. No, because I like I don't care if anybody takes offense to it. I don't care. Like I, I'm 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 too much of a self hating artist to ever truly be like I'm the fucking best. It, it just I, I can't do that and like l like live that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because to do that, you basically go, you know, I've plateaued. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't get any better. I'm I'm fucking I'm I'm omnipotent. I'm God. Like I don't believe that. I'm Kanye. I'm huh? The, the Kanye complex. I mean, hey, you know. <laughs> so like, I mean, he doesn't even write his raps. But anyways, so <laughs> I I'm always pushing myself to get better, and I I've been doing it so long. And because I mean, I started doing this when I was you know I started writing when I was nine. Started recording and performing when I was twelve. And I've been literally doing it on stages and doing, you know, writing and developing it since I was a child. And I just have an aptitude for certain things that I hear that I do that I don't hear other people do. Mm -hmm. And if I do hear other people doing similar things, it's not quite as sharp or it's not, it's not quite as lyrically dense, dense. or developed where... It's always I always feel like I, I can nitpick a, almost yeah like almost. I'll, I'll hear somebody I'll be like oh this guy is kind of he I mean I heard a lot of people kind of rip off patterns and flows of things that I've done and I'll listen to it and I'll be like okay well they got the speed they got the shit down that's amazing that's really really well but I can actually do like two more syllables than that or yeah. or um oh that's dope good speed but like he's just saying gibberish it's just yeah, you know give yeah, it to be taking to break it to give it a shake it to move it and I'm listening to it and I'm just like yeah but like I can do that and I can do actual there's like sayings and words and you know and right. that's the most so, impressive part <laughs> but but hold on but it's like you know even to that end if I was a, it, I I do say on I have to kind of qualify things yeah. you know because people will be like oh you know I'll get into arguments to be, oh, Rakim's the greatest rapper ever. Uh, fucking Eminem's the greatest rapper ever. Uh, it's always somebody. It's completely subjective. Oh, like, yeah. Like, 100%. Because there are people that fucking hate my voice because I sound like a game show host or I sound, I'm too pronounced and I'm, I'm too eloquent or I talk white. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like to some people, that's a problem. Yeah. Or I don't, like I, 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 uh, somebody told me, I was like, I'm too... I'm too black for the white kids, too, too, too fucking white for the black kids, and I don't speak Spanish, so I can't appeal to the Latino crowd. So I'm like, I'm <laughs> fucked from every, I'm like, it's like a motherfucking bukkake porn. I'm just, yeah. I'm getting hit, I'm fucked in all angles no matter yeah, what I do. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, I can qualify it by saying, I, I feel that, as I say on, on a competitive nature, the best technical rapper alive what do I gain from it? It's yeah. safe to say nothing when it comes to the pay in public, but if someone with cake does it, then it's suddenly gangbusters. So fuck who you name, buddy, whose buzzing will change dozens of times. In a case study, if one of us gains buzz, we're divided. You know, like, yeah. it just breaks, the, the whole shit is a mess. And it's like, 
it's not even worth it's not even worth making the admission that I am the best of anything because it doesn't fucking matter. Does that make any sense? Oh yeah. It does not matter. And and what the, the thing I I really kind of came to grips with on this particular EP, the Hunter EP was that competitive nature because when you are a rapper, you're supposed to be like I'm the fucking best. Yeah, I'm the best and what? What do you prove me wrong? You feel me? Mm-hmm. To let go of that shit as a rapper is the hardest fucking thing to do because you're you're it's like tied to your dick. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like your whole ego and your it is like tied to this. I'm the fucking best. And, ah, fuck all your girlfriends. Like that's just yeah. That's I'm the best. Ah. Like it's this super macho fucking you know egotism, and I had to let that shit go. And I I don't feel that it even matters anymore because I know where I am mm-hmm. as an artist. And I know where I, I see where I think I rank in like the pantheon of rappers. And I have nothing but respect for almost everybody that does this shit. But I can't look at the camera and just be like, I am the best rapper alive. Because even if I did, it would not make a fucking difference. Mm-hmm. All I can do is write my shit to the best of my ability, listen to it, hate it, make it better, and just keep pushing. And if people ever tell me that, I'll be like, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And keep it moving and go make something else because I still got my rent to pay and it doesn't yeah. fucking matter. Yeah, man. I know that was a long-winded no, answer. well said, man. But that's man, fucking awesome. It's, that's one of those things that gets my goat. Is, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it bothers me. Mm-hmm. I can imagine because it's like, it's really the, the whole internet and commenter kind of um, world that we live in where it's either the best or the worst. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like that's all that ever matters. It's, it's like bullshit. this is the best superhero movie. This Civil War fucking sucked. Civil War's fucking awesome. It's not. Oh, Civil War's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. It, it has to be. It's the extremes. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it's it's like that. It's it's sort of like this. You know, I'm sure you've encountered this. If somebody says, "Oh, I think Tone Deaf is the best rapper." The person you say it to has to one up you. Oh, of they course. have to know more than it's you. It's like, oh no, no, no. Oh no, no. no. You you need to check out so and so. You need to check. You know, always. And then that person will go check out and he'll be like, oh, have you heard of so and so? And the other person will be like, oh, fuck that. You need to. It becomes this this fucking like uh, a validation game where everybody's trying to one up each other, like how how in the know they are with their shit, and it literally becomes you. You're not making a top 10. You're just listing shit that you know or have heard of. You haven't heard all of these people. Yeah. You're just, you're just, you're vomiting these words and names that you just hear everybody else talk about. So I can't, the whole competition to be the best, you know, is bullshit. All you can do is be the best you can be on some G.I. Joe shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, and learning to let that shit go is, is yeah. one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Like, I'm just in a different place in my life now where maybe if you asked me that question 10 years ago, I'd have been it like, would have been fuck totally yeah. Different. yeah. Now I'm like, no, nah, so, who cares? No, we're, <laughs> yeah, we're kind of jumping and jumping around a lot here, but yeah. going back to it earlier, we were talking about how uh, in the, in the earlier days of Q and five, it was a lot more um, lighthearted kind of surface level um, stuff. And mm-hmm. then it got real deep, pretty just, at the, at yeah, the it was it was it was pretty much like like there was like a two year transition period like around two thousand six. We just all went dark. Yeah. Everybody, we just were, went, <laughs> we're going personal. We're like really <laughs> like we're just going to assume everyone's growing with this and go from there. Yeah, but even the early stuff, it still had the depth mm-hmm. technically and conceptually 
uh, in a way that like a lot of rap music today doesn't have, and I don't think ever will have. Uh, Extended Fam comes to mind, mm-hmm. where that my was my introduction to Qn Five as a whole was this was Happy Fuck You songs, okay. um, the album. And I was on GameFAQs, searching the message boards, and I I lurked on the rap and hip hop boards all the time. <laughs> I was an 11-year-old kid, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like trying to figure out who I am. Love Tony Hawk Pro Skater games. So those soundtracks, I'm like, I like this underground rap, mm-hmm. you know? And that's when you, I was like, I, I want more of this shit. Yeah. So then you start looking, you, you say, oh, there's this atmosphere guy. Oh, there's Lewis this, Logic. Lewis Logic. Like you know yeah. Exactly. There's all these names that like we everybody had a shared experience if you're my age, yeah. like as a white kid, whatever. You go through it. <laughs> And uh, so here I am on the, the game facts, rap and hip hop board. So right. that kind of paints a picture. Yeah. Uh, that board was popping off though. I'm not, I, really I know. Was. I've seen, I've seen the, uh, the threads. Yeah. 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 And um, I, I remember there was a, a, a thread that came up that was like um, best video game sampled rap songs. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is my bread and motherfucking butter. Like mm-hmm. I love video games. I love video game music and I love rap. Let's see what the fuck is up with this. Mm-hmm. There was about 10 songs named. And one of them was line drop by extended fam. And I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. And it said Tetris. I'm like, all right, cool. I know the Tetris song. <laughs> I know Tetris. I'm fucking down for this. Okay. And then uh, I, I don't know. It must have been Napster at the time. Maybe like Kazal or LimeWire. Mm. Um, I, I searched it up, downloaded it, and I started listening. I'm just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I was like, this shit is funny as hell. Mm. Um, th- this shit is, is interesting. And like there was something about the way it, it was produced, not just from a beat level, but just from like... Um, how the voices sounded presentational. Mm-hmm. It sounded like they were doing the, like you guys get compared to, well, you specifically get, get compared to Eminem a lot, mm-hmm. right? And that's because- I used to. You used to. I think it's over time. It's, yeah, it's no, done. Nobody compares me to Eminem. Yeah, well, and he, he's went a bit more pop. As he's gotten more pop, you've gotten more scared. <laughs> the, the more he started screaming and the more, and, <laughs> like the well, less- ironically, the yeah. more he started singing. Oh, he Which, sings now? Oh, yeah. Really? He's been singing for albums, many albums that's, at this that, point. That's awesome. You know, and it's like, I remember, <laughs> on, I remember on Eminem's show when in Haley's song, like, he's like, I can't fucking sing, but I'm going to sing anyways. Mm-hmm. And he did it. It, like, had meaning because it was like. His daughter. It's his daughter, and he's doing this thing just to, like, you know, sit. he's like, I can't do it, but I'm doing it anyways. Yeah. And then he ends up rapping at the end. You were oh. singing back then, and I. <laughs> you were singing I, back sorry, then? I asked for I asked for watermelon uh, gum earlier, and, and then, it came. It fucking happens. Cool Greg. Cool Greg. Sorry, sorry to No, uh. Um, but you, I remember you, I mean, you've always been singing on, on tracks. It's not, uh, something that just started happening. Right. Like your rap music has never just been rap music. It's, it's defied genre to the point of not even needing a genre. Right. Uh, and you sang on so many, so many songs. And I remember like when there would be just, um, like sing, oh, I'm blanking on this, like songs that were only sung, no yes. rap in it. Yeah. I was like, oh, what a waste of a tone deaf song. You know, <laughs> yeah. I want to hear this fucker rap, yeah. you know, and yeah. it's like you go through those phases. Yeah. But then now I look back, I'm like, man, those are some of my favorite songs. And it's just like you you grow with that shit. Right. Yeah. But that was obviously the number one criticism of you back in the day. Oh, yeah. I sang too much. You sing too much. I you sang know? too much. Yeah. And everybody was on that shit. And, and then now it's just so funny to see Eminem singing with Bruno Mars. And that's what makes him more popular than he's ever been. And I'm like, Ugh, all right. I, I mean, look, it's it's uh, thank you so much, man. Um, it's it's one of those things where, again, uh, you know, I, I used to it used to really get my goat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just. I'm, I'm at a point where I've kind of had to sort of accept my lot in life, you know, um, where some some people are just here to sort of stir the pot, 
Yeah. Maybe I'm one of those guys. I'm not sure. <laughs> you know, I'm here to stir the pot and, and, and give people ideas. You yeah. Know? No, there you um, go, though. But, like, that's, to me, like, the, the singing thing was, um, I never, I never saw rap music as this sort of, like, simple, basic construct that couldn't be changed. What I saw, the beauty of hip music, uh, sorry, hip music, <laughs> The beauty of hip hop music to me was the fact that it was fluid and that it could become whatever you put into it. You see? And so you took it as far as humanly possible <laughs> to the extent that uh, I'm sure a lot of you guys don't know this, but rap music has a structure to it. There, it's, you know, the song starts off, you're getting about like four to eight lines of just instrumental, then you're going to get 16 line. Verse, yeah, like a, a sixteen-bar verse, sixty-line verse, hook, hook sixty-line verse, hook, yeah. maybe a bridge, another hook, nah, end of the song. Rarely will there right? be a bridge, but Rarely. like that's that's you're gonna. It's the structure. That's the same thing over and over. You pretty much immediately are like fuck that. Yeah, like right. around two thousand six when things started getting like mm-hmm. more personal and shit. It's very rare to find a song from you that has three verses. It's usually one long verse or two long verses or yeah. one short verse with a long verse where you're playing a different character talking to this and blah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like that you, and or like the time signature like when you when you think of rap music it's usually 4/4. Four, four, right. Right? right. Just 1 2 3 4 like 2 99.9% of the time yeah. it's 4/4. Four, four. But you you're doing 5 eighths, you're doing fucking 3 uh, yeah. fourths all the I don't know I'm not too big of music <laughs> I'm thinking that six, right. 6 8 yeah yeah it's fucking crazy though. Six, yeah, it's it, to me. I mean, thank thank you for noticing those things. It's just uh, most people don't notice those things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's and it's as simple as that. It's like uh, people. There's like a, there's like a level of just like pub. Like the masses have a level of like collective aptitude towards certain things. It's like this is where it is. If it does not sound like this thing, then we don't like it. Period. And I come in here trying to do fucking like <laughs> the weird tempos and swing times. It's like it's supposed to go here, but it's oh, it, it came in a little bit early. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But but anywhere else around the world, I mean, those are like that's their pop music. But for some reason in America, we're very fucking fixated on a four on the floor and the, and the straight four four. You know, yeah. where on my first release, I'm on a Tony P. You know, um, I, I I had I had a six eight song. I had a um a song where I was I specifically made it a point to try to rap over different time signatures. I mean, to me, I mean, hey, if there's any any rappers out there that are really trying to push this shit, I encourage you to fuck with different time signatures. Four four is it's it's limiting. And it's really hard to write to stuff that isn't four four because as you're trained to rap over four four, mm-hmm. the punchline comes yeah. here, yeah, here, you know. Whereas on you know something that's six eight, the punchline comes here, the punchline comes here. Like you have to kind of like shortchange your verses. Competitive nature is it's a it's a twelve bar loop. So like there's. It's not a, a typical rhyme structure. Be like, you know, set up punchline. This is set up, set up punchline. So there's is an extra line. And if you were trying to rap a regular sixteen bar verse over it, you would be offbeat. By the end of the, like the beat would still be going, and you would be like halfway done, and it would be it would sound completely wrong. Yeah. And so to learn to learn how to attack those kind of beats and still make it feel natural, that's the fucking challenge. That's where hip hop needs to go. And I never saw the limitations. I still do not. I'm still pushing it because. That's the fucking beauty of hip hop. It's supposed to change. It's supposed to be fresh and innovative. And I hate how fucking sheepish the hip hop, like general, I don't even want to call it hip hop anymore. It's just this general rap fucking 
orgy, pop orgy that is going on. It's like a bunch of Me Too's. And it always has been. You know, it, it, that's, it, that's, it, always ha- it always has been. But there was a much more open interpretation of hip hop when it was younger. Mm-hmm. When it was younger, there was still a lot of room for expression. Like, you know, everybody loves to talk about the golden era. Oh, you know, the golden era was like Tribe this, this, and this, Yeah, it's like this certain time period from, you know, I mean, like, like uh, the late 80s, early 90s, you know, it like started here and it ended, you know, with, with like Biggie getting shot or whatever the fuck, you know. And like, the reason why that golden era exists, the thing that nobody likes to fucking mention is the fact that you could turn on BET and MTV the big when there was videos you could watch in the same hour onyx which is like hardcore hip hop like grimy i'm gonna shoot you in the face and then the next video is fucking tribe called quest talking about bonita applebum and then immediately after that it's public enemy with some fight the power and then you know what i mean yeah. like there there was such a fucking spectrum all the styles were represented, and something happened after gangster rap really kind of hit mainstream, and the labels kind of were like, "Oh, that's the white kids love this shit. Let's uh, let's put this is only the only thing that we're going to yeah. be putting out here." Everything just kind of turned to that, and you could only blow up by doing one style of music. So all the facets are lost. All those facets are still there, but they're in underground hip hop. Yeah, and it's impossible to find any of that shit. Exactly. I mean, luckily, and this <laughs> you know? is something that I've, I've kind of like said a bazillion times on these shows, but like, I'm lucky that I grew up in an age where I was not watching MTV for music. I was not looking at TV to tell me what to like. Mm-hmm. I was going on GameFAQs trying to find the music that I was like. Right. I knew I liked underground. I knew I liked Tony Hawk's pro skater style hip hop. Right. <laughs> right. Like I knew I liked that. So right. I s- sought it out and then I found it and then I found Q and five and then I went, deep into that you know right. I, uh, for what we were just talking about about the different time signatures and uh, you being creative with uh, the rap music I think a perfect example is the song Demon from this EP mm. listen to it and be open to how different it is and try to understand how it differs from a rap any rap song you know and just try to understand how the line where the lines end and like where the next one starts and the verse and um, just even the structure of the song and like, and that's just the surface level of it. You know, it's not even talking about the content of what you're saying and like what you're doing in that song. And it just, just do me a favor and then tweet at me. <laughs> let me know what you think about it. Check out demon. I hope you like it. Cause it's some next level shit. I that, mean... that song to me is, is, uh, it's tough to grasp. And I think that's the best compliment I can give to you and your music because you know, when Archetype came out, Tone Def's uh, debut EP or L- LP back in um, <laughs> 2005, like yeah. it was the beginning of who you are now. Yeah. But, you know, still early, still learning how to, how yeah. to do it. I was in my mid 20s, man, you know, like trying to figure life out. Yeah. You know, it, it was still just a collection of songs, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like there obviously there's a, there's a through line to it all. But it's like I'm sure now if you were to change what archetype is there'd be a lot of differences you yes know? yes i probably at this point like i mean i i, I stand by the record obviously because of course you know it's it's the album um but yeah i would i would definitely change some things on archetype but on archetype the, the problem with in retrospect in retrospect it was i was trying to please two audiences yeah i was trying to kind of appease these backpackers that were the gatekeepers basically for popularity in mm-hmm. underground hip-hop if if fat beats didn't like your record then you were pretty much Nobody cared about yeah. you, like you know. So I had to kind of walk the line where I'm like, 
you know, do I put out porcelain or do I put out, you know, disappointed? Yep. You know, and and it's and hard. and the hip hop people are like, nah, be no, none of that singing shit. I'm like, okay, and I put it out and like, fart in church. Nobody yep. gave a fuck. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But then like, you know, as the years went on, um, I talk about this in the documentary actually. As the years went on, uh, porcelain, the song where I'm singing, became the song, the most popular. You know what I mean? Song. I mean that that's the thing is like I'm, I'm recommending you guys listen to to Demon and. Once I finish my point, it'll make sense. But with Porcelain is the song that I think you should listen to because it is the opposite of Demon. Yeah. At this point in 2017. Yeah. Back then the singing shit is like was like taboo and weird. Now that it's normal, mm-hmm. I think Porcelain is the easiest gateway drug into Tone Deaf and the quality and why you should like him. Mm-hmm. But then it's like Demon is an example of why I love the music, you know? And the reasoning behind that is when Archetype came out. There was so much there, so much to, to kind of think about that mm-hmm. even 10 years later, I was having conversations with my brother about things about it, right? Like, yeah. oh, I just noticed this for the first time, right. you know? <laughs> and it's like, that's crazy. But now songs like Demon have the denseness and things to think about that the entire album of Archetype had. And I think that that's what's special about Polymer is that every single song, like, I will never fully comprehend all the, the things that go into it. And it's like, it's that's what I love about it. You know, Thank tone you. deaf became homework somewhere along the line, mm. but it was, that was the point, yeah. you know, it's like when you fully commit to this thing, you're like, I want, I want this. And it's like, it's like all you people that love platinuming games, doing a hundred percent, getting every fucking thing out <laughs> of it. Platinuming. That's what this is. You oh, know, it's shit. like, I'm trying to get the platinum trophy of tone deaf music. <laughs> and it's like, That's it, fucking hilarious. it creates this, this environment where I love talking to, to like Timo, one wow. of the. The, the biggest. He's a super blue schooler. Yeah, like uh, fans, I love talking to him because he has just such a different take on your shit than I do. Mm-hmm. And hearing him talk about it, I'm like, I never thought of that shit. He, and he, that is part of the experience. Yeah, it's, it's funny because I've, I've gotten to know, you know, a lot of a lot of the, the blue schooler community. That's the Q and 5 community. The blue schoolers are, are the best friends of, yes. of Q and 5. <laughs> the, the, the best friends of Q and 5, yes. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've learned a lot about them just over the years and communicating with them. And, you know, I'm, I'm Facebook friends now with a couple of them, you know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, I, I generally, I, I'm kind of reclusive. I don't like to come out very often. Like this is one of the few times you'll see me out. If I'm not at a show, I'm usually in my, like my studio working, like (laughs) working on something or wanting to kill myself. Um, so so, same thing some would say. Yeah. So like he, he and I, like we've noticed that like, we have this sort of weird uh, cyclical behavioral link mm. where he's in this similar behavioral state or he's in some similar depression that I am. So like when the song gets released, like he's in exactly the same place that I am in some fucking weird that's so, cosmic. That's, condi- it's weird as fuck. Yeah. You know, he'll be like, oh my God, I can't, like, I needed this today because I felt blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, that was me last week. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then we're like, oh, it's like the same, the same experience. And he's British. Like, it makes no sense. No, it makes no, it makes no fucking sense. a small town called Bristol. Yeah. It's like, like whoa. What? And see that going to, that, bringing it back to me with this, it's like, that's what makes even less sense is that you're dropping all this fucking emo depression. I'm having the best time of my life. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, I fucking love everything, <laughs> but the music still connects to with me because it's not my story. Like, I don't need to be like relating to it to, right. well, to well, be able to well, appreciate there's the thing i mean i mean i, I appreciate that you know like a, a song a song like demon right you appreciate it and you you highlighted that song that song is essentially a a, a manifestation of a of a panic attack because 
you know, everybody was doing fast raps. And I was like, you know, I, I tend to rap fast and here and there. But there was, there's no justification to rap fast. Mm-hmm. And that always bothered me. Like, why are you rap? You're just doing it to fucking show how fucking cool you are that you can do it. It's like, it's a feat or a mm-hmm. trick. And I, I used to do that, you know? I don't want, when I set out to make the Demon EP, that was the whole point, was to make a, a record where the, the fast rapping was justified. There was a reason, a narrative reason for it to be there. What is more necessary uh, to like how, how how do you better demonstrate an anxiety attack than f- a fast rap you know mm-hmm. you wake you're fucking everything is collapsing on top and you're, you're stressing out and your heart is literally racing i mean that's your heart is so it's like up in the morning the feeling immediately can beat him heart to speed and the feeling can be the sick to eat him a big to get it you know it's just like it's right there with you and that to me was like the best way to to convey that feeling because i i suffered from panic attacks for a while you know and so like I don't know. I, I, I think it's I think it's important to know that even if you're in a good place, that these songs may not resonate now. And I hope that it's never at a point where you're like, I fucking hate my life. Yeah. And, you know, it may connect later. Is there certain records I can't listen to that I'm like, eh, it's too happy for me right now. And maybe maybe when you listen to it later and it connects with you a different way. But like. I pray to God this record connects with you, Tim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> because this shit, I mean, this, it's, it goes there. Yeah, you know, and and I needed to do it just because I needed to do it, but like, I I, I appreciate that I I made it in a way that you could still appreciate it, even though it's dark. Yeah, does it make any sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And I mean, to also to be clear, I'm not even just talking about demon. I'm talking about polymer as a whole. Oh, okay, polymer you know? as a whole. Yeah, like I'm talking about like every, pretty much every song except for competitive nature, some of the Hunter songs, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just, it's so, so dark. It's so dark. And I'm not dark. Like, I'm just, it's, I'm totally, I'm- I bet there's I'm, some darkness. I'm like, there, I mean, there, you know, yeah, there's, there's some heart, shit, there's some shit in there. But like, I'm, I'm for like bright neon blue is kind of like where I'm at, yeah. you know, in life, pretty much always. Yeah. Um, but I think that it, it's very special that the, these songs do still connect with me. And it, it does allow me to kind of, it. I think it's made me a better person. It's made me realize- um, that other people are going through things that are that difficult and mm-hmm. to see people connect and like even people in the, the Q and five community, like not everybody was happy. In fact, most people aren't happy, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So it's like being, being able to connect with them and understand like these different points of view in life. It's that's, that's what's special about them. Like that's why art is made. Yes. A hundred percent. I agree with you. Like, you know, the, the the genre as a whole, like I'm, I'm, I'm constantly talking about genre because it to me it's sort of like you know you go to high school, dude. Everybody's dressed a certain way. Although those are the fucking the goth kids. Yep. Oh, over here, these are the fucking uh, these are the ratchet yep. ass fucking trap kids. They only listen to trap music and they fucking oh those are the, like the Drake girls. Mm-hmm. You know, like these are the fucking the, the Justin Bieber girls. You know what I mean? Like you can just tell how easily people just divide themselves up into these little camps. Mm-hmm. Like this is where my head is and. They're little tribes, you know, that occurs in the rest of the world, like all day, every day. Mm -hmm. So it's like the fact that you were able to connect to Q and five stuff, all that says about you is you listened to guys, all of these dudes, every single one of the guys that were on Q and five, they wrote their lives. They were not pretentious. They never said that they did something that they didn't do. They didn't brag about shit that they didn't do. They didn't have fake fucking characters that, you know, these fake personas or 
you know, mm-hmm. th- th- it's life music. And so if you, uh, you know, it, I, if you, as you noticed with the Blue Schooler community, a lot of these fucking people are super genuine. They're just like good people that are just living life. Yeah. And, they, and I feel like that was the common thread for all of the artists. You know, mm-hmm. we were all trying to change music, but there was nothing... There was nothing put on, yeah. You know, and and and, and when we changed, that's that's what happened. We grew, we were growing up as adults, and that's what happened in the music. Yeah, and I mean, you know? you know, looking at the the lineup of of all the artists that have ever been on Q and Five, like there's, it's so funny how different each and every one of you are. Mm-hmm. You know, Cunning Linguist as a group, um, they are definitely like more. Um, it's more like a soul vibe. Soul vibe, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you know, you got Pack FM, who is. He's the New York motherfucker, oh, yeah, right? Totally. That's, he's he is rap music. Yes, he is right? New York hip hop. Yeah, yes. Com- like boom bap. That's yes. that is fucking what you're dealing yes. with. Like he's golden age hip hop. Yes. You know. Then you got substantial. It's way more jazz. It's way more mm-hmm. like, um, man, everything's beautiful, man. Yeah. You know, like that's it's spiritual. Yeah, spiritual. Yeah, yeah that's. Definitely, it stands like completely like spiritual music. You way more storytelling and kind of fucking like this is life and this is poetry. <laughs> you know, you're the artist. You're the artist. It's, it's poetry. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> real talk. Though. It's, poetry. <laughs> it's like you're the the artist in, in it all, right? Then there was Session, who's the gangster one. Yeah, and then it's like it's funny how it, it even that kind of falls into these like different categories. Which is so unfair to any of those. But artists. we all work together. But the beauty of it was there was a cohesive sound. Right. The baby blue sound mm-hmm. over all of it where you're like every single record. I think it was because you were behind most of them as the visionary kind of executive producing these projects to make sure there was a cohesive whole that people were, were experiencing. And mm-hmm. it, it went a long way. But it just it is testament to the fact that this group of people um, can be affecting so many other people's lives even though they're also very different and mm-hmm. all the other people listening are so very different yeah so it's it's a, it's a magical thing man it, it, it was it was it was a beautiful time yeah <laughs> it, it was a beautiful time i mean like at this point in in you know in, in, in 17 now i'm i started a new label <laughs> you know like i as 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 long as i will release tone deaf uh records under the tone deaf name which is a certain style of record that i like to make you know in terms of hip-hop um there will be Q and five, you mm-hmm. know, there'll always be that outlet for Q and five. Anything is tone deaf, but you know, I have other aspirations as well. So the new label is now, you know, where I'm Quintic. going. It's called Quintic. Quintic.co. Yeah. CO. Yeah. Quintic.co. If you want to check out the new label, I have uh, two amazing artists, uh, Lucy camp, who we just shot a music video for, which hopefully by the time this video is out, it will be available. Yeah. And uh, Fier, who's a Danish uh, electronic soul music singer, songwriter, and producer. Yeah, um, super excited about both of their both of their their music. But you know, like I, I've had to sort of kind of reassess uh, a lot of stuff and 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 kind of apply like my learnings from Q and Five working with Q and Five. I mean, wrangling a bunch of fucking rappers, you know, for eighteen years is one of the most like <laughs> like uh, hard cats, man. Yo. It's yeah. fucking brutal. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yo, update your Twitter. Nah. Why not? You have a new you have a new album coming out. Nah, you know, motherfuckers know. Like, no, they don't no, know. They tweet don't. about it, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like, tweet about it. Like, why yeah. am I the why do I gotta remind people? Like, yeah. you know, um, anyways. So um, yeah, I, I I wish and I hope and I and I pray that that with time people will kind of look back on that that the blue schooler body of work and just be like, you know. 
wow, they were doing something interesting and different and and first, and they were innovating a lot of stuff that didn't really kind of exist at the time period. And um, I'm happy with that, you yeah. know. But man, I, I I feel like the the hip hop space has become so fucking stagnant to me that it's just it's it's not very interesting anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, so I'm I'm constantly just kind of trying to push myself to find ways to keep myself interested and engaged with making music, you know. Mm-hmm. And so like on stuff like Polymer is is more so just a cathartic experience to kind of figure my life out. <laughs> Does that yeah. make any sense? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure, man. So okay, so we're, we're we're wrapping up here, but I would be doing a disservice to to the blue schoolers listening if I didn't ask a bunch of you know, questions okay. about some stuff. So, Fire so feel, away. feel free to not answer any of these, these questions at all. I know what like the fucking skips, first question is. Yeah, well, I know the first the question. First. It might be. not be the first, but <laughs> I got to fucking ask. It's been, it's been long enough to, all right, you know, all right. being silent. Okay. Ask um, me whatever you want. Okay. Okay. So are we ever going to hear all the things we haven't heard? Are we ever going to hear any of Spicasso? Are we ever going to hear human highlight reel or, and I know these are, they're in very different levels of release or Mecca's album or all these things that like, we know exist in some form. You won't hear Mecca's album. Um, there is a 10% chance you'll hear Spicasso. And I only say that because there are some developments on sessions end that are, I can't talk about, but I know about that might make it relevant for him to actually do something. Wow. Um, so I hope so because honestly, that was my favorite production that I did the entire time I really? was producing for all. Wow. No, Session was the pickiest motherfucker with beats ever. Like nothing I made was good enough. And, and, and no would throw a shitload of beats at him. Like Deacon, Domingo, with nothing. He, he liked nothing. He only liked the most extremely incredible beats. Yeah. He was super finicky. So his, this Picasso album, the beats on that fucking record are, they still hold up. They're like retardedly dope. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Can I say that? Um, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, there, there is a chance. There's this very small chance. Yeah. And Z and I talked about, I was like, what are we going to do, bro? We can just, just gonna sit here. Um, and he's just like, you know what? Let me try this one thing. If this thing works out, you know, maybe we can do it, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what was, uh, what was the other one? Uh, oh, human, human highlight, highlight reel. reel. Um, Pack Pack FM is currently on hiatus. Yeah. So I know for a fact, because we were doing a podcast together, I know for a fact that he was working on um like an EP. Um you'll probably see that I don't really see human highlight reel happening currently. Yeah. He may change his fucking mind. I hope he does because I'm a huge Pack FM fan, obviously. Yeah. Uh but yeah. What else? Uh that music in my head song that we heard a snippet of during the early polymer days. Ah, it's, you know, what's crazy to me that people still bring that up. No, but I'm t- like earlier we were talking about punk and it's like, to me, that is, that is the punk of, of 20, whatever the fuck year that came out. <laughs> it must be 2012 at this yeah, point. Yeah, I don't I, even fucking know. I, I think, I think it was 20. No, it was, it was 20. Yeah, it was 2012. But there's something about that, that beat, that snippet where I like that shit got stuck in my head yeah. and I'm like, I need this shit in my life. Okay. Um, yes, you will hear it. Good. S- soon. Good. Yeah. You will hear it soon. Okay. Yes. So 2019, mark your calendar. <laughs> 20, yeah, 2038, um, mark your calendar. I'm trying, to think, I'm trying to think of what else. I don't want anyone to, to be upset at me for not asking things. Um, extended fam. I think that is one of the most important elements of all of this. Um, Ses- session is no longer part of extended fam. He, you know, he was just not really interested in doing it, basically. Um, kind of didn't want to do the first one, to be honest with you. Uh, 
you know, he was he was always embarrassed by the album cover. It's so funny. <laughs> he, I swear to God, I remember there was one time his boys. He had these like these ratchet ass friends from Connecticut, and they would come through, and he would always, you know, he's like, he would take the cover off of the CD so that they wouldn't see. And he'd be like, Yo, it's my new <laughs> shit, and he'd be like, Yo, Session, how come there's no cover on this shit? He'd be like, Oh, I don't know, I lost it. Like. He would hide the fucking cover because <laughs> if you ever look at the cover, it's it's basically us just hamming with our thumbs up and shit, you know. And he fucking hated that because he's a cool ass rapper. He's a cool ass rapper, bro. Cool. He's cool. Um, so <laughs> so now it's just now it's just me, uh, Pack and Substantial. We have all the beats. We've already recorded one song. We're currently writing them. I have no fucking idea when it's gonna get done. Um, they're kind of like on my ass, like, yo, let's just drop that fucking first song we did, just to, like see if people care. Yeah, and I'm just like, man, don't do that. Yeah, don't, don't, <laughs> just do don't that. do that. Just fucking drop the record when it's yeah. done. Yeah, oh you man, you know. But yes, we are, uh, there is a second album in the works. Good, yeah. good, good, good. For um, fun, for fun. Yeah, of course. And, and it's yeah. honestly, it's it's sort of like a a love letter to people that like yeah, extended no, family. I mean, I think that'd be, that's, yeah. that'd be fucking awesome. Plus, I'm, I'm tired of rapping about depression. Sh- depression yeah, no, that's shit. great. That's great. I want to have some fun. Um, well, I mean, I guess that's kind of a, a, a good question then. Are we, are we ever going to get, um, like tone if music that is, that is a bit more, um, classic tone deaf. Like I remember a while ago you were talking about. What is about, classic tone deaf? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> you, you were talking a bit more about like a, an archetype too or a follow-up to archetype. Um, and this was a couple years ago at this point. But uh, what did that turn into or will we see something to that level? Uh, a follow-up to archetype? I mean, Polymer is a follow-up to archetype. Well, I, I mean, but I remember... And again, this is, I'm a fucking nerd when it comes to this it's shit. Okay. When you were first talking about it, there was, you were talking about EPs and then there was two albums you were talking about. Yes. But that was that was before that was before I formulated the final plan for this record. Gotcha. Okay. So it kind of got absorbed absorbed into, this. into it. Yeah, and um, you know, in a in a weird way, you know, polymer polymer is a four piece re- release. Not, my original idea was that the projectionist was part of it, mm. and also trapezoid was part of it. Because I, I, because when I did the original plan, it was I wanted to show all these different things that I could do, and it's like Trapezoid is basically a comedy record. Here's my comedic it's, side. It's a comedy record. Like yeah. it's a fucking joke. It's, it's silly. It's stupid as fuck. Yeah. But it's fun, you know. And I, I wanted to show that too, but it just kind of worked out the way that it did with the the final plan and going through the things that I was going through in my life. It just didn't make sense for me to make it that way. Yeah. So I just kept the the four pieces. I think you it know. worked out well. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it is what it is. But um, no, I mean, there, there, there are other things that I, I have in like the back pocket. But as I've learned throughout the years, uh, not to announce them. Yeah, no, no, for sure. <laughs> and uh, to be clear, anything he says here, no one hold him to this. It's this is just you know they're gonna. Yeah, no, but I mean, I think it's like as a, a fan, I think it is. There's a, been a lot of questions and you know just knowing like what what is the status of something like i said you can ask me anything it's, you want so mega shows is there any chance at ever doing like a reunion show if or if the fans came together and they did all the work so that me and pack didn't have to do it all which is why we stopped doing them is because it was me and pack doing all the work mm-hmm. and everybody just kind of showing up to rap yeah uh yeah i would be down to bring it back but it would need to be like it a would fan have to effort. be the right thing it would need no. It need to be a fan effort. Like yeah. there's there's no fucking way I'm putting myself through that again. If there's like if I have to do all the work yeah. again, it's right. just well, not. I know some it. guys, so you know we'll see what we'll see, <laughs> we'll see what we can do. Yeah. Um. So I mean, just you know, casually throwing it in there. This this album called Chico and the Man. Is it real? <laughs> can you confirm or deny? So for those at home that don't know, Chico and the Man has been the the album that. I, 
all the fans are looking forward to the most probably and the and this is the it's the justice league of movies it's the it's the, the, it's the underground detox that's what they call yeah, it. it but i mean like the jokes aside jokes aside yes. like it and again as top level as possible yes you'll hear what do you it. want to say about chicken the man what do i want to say about chicken the man um I had a nervous breakdown working on Jingle the Man. It was it was right. It was part of the reason why I kind of like imploded. There was so much happening in my life. The record. Let's put it this way. Without giving too much away, because I know Noah's gonna fucking murder me if I yeah. Give, if, not, I, if I give if I give too much away, I'm not. And I'm, I won't give too much away. I'll, this is what I'll say about it. Um, it's such an undertaking. It is that it becomes overwhelming to work on, because. The bar is so fucking high. Well, it was so high. Now it's it's not. I don't. I feel like the bar isn't as high because people don't even like expect it anymore. But like, when when I work on a no beat, I want it to be. I want to try as hard as I can to make it like some next level shit. Like I don't want to just rap to rap. I want it to mean something. I want it to be like even more so sometimes than some of the stuff I work on. You know, and I think that that's why people kind of connect to that. Oh, shit. Like when they get together, it's fucking crazy. I mean, that's it's so you know? true, though. That's it's just like <laughs> it's peanut butter and jelly on a fucking crazy level. Yeah. So so, you know, um, so when 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 we set out the construct with it, it started as a very small thing in 2004. Like, hey, let's just do a couple songs together. OK, yeah. yeah OK, fine. And then, hey, we're going to do Chico and the Man. And then everybody's like, oh, shit, Chico and the Man. And we're just like, oh, fuck it. They really want to see it. Let's let's make a whole fucking album. Like, you know, and then it's like, oh, shit, they're going to make a whole album. And then it was like, so nah, fuck that. You know what? We should like blow it out. And then tone deaf got all tone deaf and no got all no. I mean, you've heard kind of linguist records. It's not like they're the most simple things ever. They're fucking super constructed and lush and, you know, deep. And, And it's like both of us together. It just turned into this. Like what it is now is like not at all those couple songs that we thought we were gonna do. It's like this fucking thing. Yeah. It's 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 a it's a it's an art piece now. Like it's no longer an album now. It's just it's literally just like an art record. And I mean, you guys have earned it. <laughs> you know, I think that's the best part is that it's it's been so, so much work's been put on. And I think albums like Polymer yeah. somehow even work towards that, where it's like, no man, you guys have earned the right to put out art for art's sake. I, I mean, and, and I hate, I hate. There's such a bad connotation when you do say that, some of that stuff. Oh, is this the fucking artist guy thinks he's fucking. It's like no, you know, I want stuff to be, you know, more than me. Yeah, I, yeah, I, no, man, for sure. Like I want, it be, I want it to be more than me. So what ended up happening is me, me, we, we ended up uh, working on it for years and years and years, and it, it, as working on it, it started to just really take a toll on me, man. I mean, you're talking about years of just like batting my head against a fucking monitor and, and trying to hold my life together while I'm doing all of that other yeah. shit with Q and five. It just became too much to work on to the point where I couldn't work on it anymore. And so, you know, we shot a video as you famously have told the story. Mm-hmm. Now we shot the mm-hmm. video at the mega show uh, for the mega show. We had it go live. We had a date. It was ready to go. And I just couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I get it, man. And and uh, again, not to, to retread the same stories too much, no, okay. but the, the condensed version of that, that story is like, and for anybody that's a blue schooler watching this, um, and for anybody that's just a, a best friend out there watching that that had similar moments at Kind of Funny Live, like, because because that Kind of Funny Live too, there was a moment when we announced the studio mm-hmm. and we showed the video, and Greg knocked on the door and Nick opened it, and they're like, "Where are you?" It's like, "Oh, this Kind of Funny Studios," where people cried mm. and people stood up and were like, "Oh my God, they yeah. got a fucking studio!" Yeah. And it's like they felt like it was theirs, you yeah. know, they fucking did it, and like that was so powerful to me. But 
the moment I'll, that that I had at a mega show, and of course there are many, mm-hmm. like so so many, but there's something so special about that mega show, 2013, the evolution in history. No, it was two, uh, 2009. Pretty sure. We, did we show the video in 2013? God damn, man! Wait, hold on. It, m- it must have been 2013 because right. it was like the future part, right? Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So wow, kids. Hold you're on. right. No, 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 no. I'm wrong. 2011. It was 2011. 2011. Yeah. yeah, that's the one. 2013 that we did. was the last one. Yeah, uh, 2011. We did the evolution. Yeah, yeah. That was and it, uh, the past, present, future. 100 uh, fucking over 100 songs. Yeah, I just wanted fucking to, insane. And yeah. that that was the first we did one. Over 100 songs live. I got my brother out to New York for that, and like me and him had listened since the beginning, and they mm-hmm. they did a thing where it was chron- uh, chronologically all like not all the songs, but like. All the the hits, all the like the the big moment songs yeah. of the history of Q and Five, and that shit was fucking awesome. Then it ended with the future, and there was a couple new songs, um, some of which I'm pretty sure never even came out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a couple of them. But uh, um, it ended with a music video debuting a new song from Chico and the Man, which mm-hmm. is this album everybody kind of put on a pedestal. Um, and it ended with the video, and after the video, there was a release date. And I will never forget the silence that happened in that room and just this overwhelming feeling of, holy shit, this is ours. We did this. You yeah, know, like yeah. this is happening. We're finally getting, I'm tearing up right now even thinking about it, man. Oh, geez, man. It's just like that. It, it was so powerful. It was so overwhelming where it's like, this shit's real. This yeah. shit's really fucking happening. It's really coming in three months. I'm going to be listening to this album. And I remember thinking, like talking to my my girlfriend at the time being like, I'm going to buy a a CD player that's the highest quality <laughs> possible. I'm going to like this. When I first listen to this album, it's going to be an experience. Right. I'm going to fucking do this right. I feel you. And and all that happened. And then, you know, then yeah. all this shit started happening. And yeah. then one day there was a post in the forums that was just like. It, it was basically no taking the arrows for me. Because he yeah. knew that if people were going to start throwing arrows at me, I probably would have thrown myself off a bridge. And, and that's where it comes <laughs> down where it's like everybody knew. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you could read between the lines of yeah. what was happening. Yeah. And he was just like, it's not happening. We don't know when it's happening. It might not happen. Who knows? Like, yeah, it, whatever. It, it, it might not. And, and it, yeah, it might it not. It might not. Um, all that, but all that. But like, I'll never forget. I was so sad. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, it, but it, I wasn't I, disappointed. I think that's the the biggest thing is, no matter what happens, whether or not that album ever comes out, yeah, that moment happened, yeah, and that release date's still special to me, right? You know, and I think it's still special to so many people out there. Wow. Well, you know, if 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 people are holding that torch, I think I think they'll be happy soon at some some point. At some point, not soon. Don't say soon. <laughs> Never say soon. They'll be happy at some point. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if it'll ever happen. Um, you know, but I, all I know is that. I worked really hard on it, <laughs> like harder than I've harder than I've ever worked on writing a record. You know, I, I obviously I worked 10 times as hard to put polymer together because of the, all the components of it and mm-hmm. how it all kind of interconnects and going in, like working through my own personal life. Chico and the man is not, it's not tone deaf and it's not. No, like we're, it's like I said, it's, it's something other than us. Yeah. So I'm hoping that I'm hoping that people will, kind of allow me the space to sort of work on what I'm working on and not kind of harp on it too much. (laughs) No, exactly. (laughs) Because honestly, dude, it became like a fucking, it it became a problem. Oh yeah. You know, and the the, part of, part of the reason why, why no stop talking, no basically said, Hey, we're not doing it. It was because he also like everywhere on earth, this man would go, Hey, what's Jake with Matt coming out? And he's just like, fuck. Like it became like, (laughs) 
I, I can imagine, man. Like I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. No, man. It, 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 and and it, it, it just became this albatross that was, like, difficult to deal with. Like, you know, we... we he was. He, I remember one time he was like, "Bro, like this, this might damage our friendship. Like this is a problem. Like what are we gonna do? You know?" And you know, we worked through it and shit. But it had to be said. Listen, it just don't fucking talk about it. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. because even now I'll still get like, "Hey, no, I know." I just and that's why I feel bad record. even bringing it up because no, no, no. I, <laughs> I please do just let it die. Let these be the words. <laughs> see what happens. But I, 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 I feel like I owe it to people to at least ask. No, I owe it to y'all. Because in my fervor, in my anxiousness to get out, it's something that I was extremely, and I was extremely excited about. You know, I I put it out there, and I I've learned from that experience to like sometimes it's 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 mean, it's just mean to tease something like that, and even if it wasn't intentional, which it wasn't, it was of not. Of course not. Yeah, There's, I guarantee yeah, like, that as much as I want it, as much as all these people want it, no one wants it out as much as you. And no. Yeah, like this thing is it's like I said it's a fucking albatross, you know? Yeah. But if especially now at this point, like that shit if it takes 30 fucking years to come out, then good. If it's dope, yeah. it, if it's what I want it to be and if it's what no wants it to be in 30 years, then it'll come out in 30 years. You know? Mm-hmm. It's just it is what it is. You know, and and I owe it to the fans. I I really do owe it to the blue schoolers because I know that it was that was a thing, and I know that that was a sticking point. And honestly, a lot of people kind of like jump ship after that. Oh, I'm sure. You know, a lot I, of people are just like, oh, fuck this dude, this guy. You know, like yeah. I get it. Yeah, but you're I'll, the Peter Molyneux of, of, of <laughs> yes, underground hip hop. Yes, yes. Yeah. You know, I I. I and I hate that. I know. I know. I'm sorry. No, no, that's no, like no, uh, it's, no, it's, too real. <laughs> no, it's it's it is what it is. Listen, bro. Like it, it is what it is. Like this record is me dealing with all of yeah. that. No, nah, man. It, you know. And so, like, I owe it to the fans to just be like, you know, if if it if it caused you any emotional distress, <laughs> I guarantee you, it caused me a thousand times that emotional distress to have to make those kind of decisions and to kind of go through it and bear the brunt of the backlash yeah. for when that actually happened, you know, because I don't think it's any coincidence that the attendance was lower at the last mega show. Yeah. I don't think it was any coincidence that, um, you know, I, the, the forum traffic kind of dipped after that, you yeah. know, and I don't think it's any coincidence that, you know, some people, uh, some, some people give me shit every, every once in a blue fucking moon, uh, about it and I'm just like come on guys like you you don't own artists we sometimes the creation process is one of the most difficult things ever and and when I tell you I agonize over things I agonize over things like ulcer level ag- yeah. agonizing uh, you know hospital agonizing no is the same way no I, I mean no, again, no like no, we know yeah. you know and that and that's you go back to it like you yeah. tell the stories of your lives and it's like in this world with social media and with, with all these other things. And at the point when it's like, you are such a tight knit community, um, both and family with the community and the artists and all this stuff. It's like, no, we care about you guys, you know, in the same way that people out there care about us. And I get it, you know, and it's, it, it hurts (laughs) to know that you guys are hurting and like that in in a non corny way, you know, like I, I, I remember when uh, I first heard about like your divorce, and me and Timo were in New York, like together, and it was like both of us were like kind of like fucked up over it, you yeah. know. Well, and yeah. it, it hit us, it hit us real, real hard. And it's like, man, that's that's crazy, yeah. you know. 
Yeah. yeah, I mean, because because it, it was something it was something that happened to me, but it, it affected you, like yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it like I said, like all everything that has ever happened in my life has kind of come out of my music, pretty much. That's my music. My life is my music. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. And you know, we're we're getting a little long here. Okay, but sorry. First, it's not your fault. It's, it's my fault. I could literally go forever. Um, and again, thank you all for you know putting up with with me, kind of gushing all this stuff. But more so than anything, like give him a chance, please. Uh, this album here, Polymer, is. Everything we just talked about in a in a nutshell. It is very complex. It is hard to get into. It is going to sound wrong, but try, just give it a shot and try to like it. Listen to it, read along with the lyrics, and try to understand what makes it tick and what is special about it. Because there is there is a lot there, and it's different. That's it's gonna sound wrong because it's different, you know. Platinum polymer. Yeah. There Plat- you go. Platinum you gotta platinum pol- it. Platinum it. Got to get that trophy. Platinum polymer. You got to do it. You just got to do it. Before we end, where can people find you? What can they look forward to? Mm-hmm. Um, the future from you, and uh, who should they be looking out for on your label? Uh, they need to be looking out for Lucy Camp. They need to be looking out for Fier. That's F J E R. So it's like two completely different spectrums of music. You know. Yeah. Uh, both incredibly amazing artists. Um, I'm at the helm with uh, Quintic, the new label. That's kind of what I'm kind of focusing on this year. I have, obviously, uh, Polymer is out right now, right now. Um, there is a Polymer documentary that is coming shortly, uh, which I, I played a little bit for. It is utterly fantastic. <laughs> it's. I, I hope this thing gets on Netflix because we need to share it with you guys. You're going to love it. Yes, uh, thank you. And um, um, amongst other projects, there'll be some more music videos from the Polymer project coming soon. And, um, you know, I, I, I may or may not, uh, you know, start podcasting again with Pack FM. Oh, that was the other question. Yeah. Tacos and chocolate milk. What's <laughs> up? We, we're, we're, we are, we have committed to getting it done together. But Pack was just like, listen, when you're, fu- when you're finished with a fucking documentary, let's, let's do let's this do again. It. So we'll, we'll be back. So if you're in a podcast, there are currently 68 episodes of Tacos and Chocolate Milk. There are milk. 68 episodes of talk- Tacos and Chocolate Do you know who you need as a guest on your 69th episode? Who? This motherfucker right here. <laughs> episode 69s are my specialty, bro. Let's do it. We got to make that shit happen. Let's do it. Oh, that's so gonna check be, me out at ToneDev.com. Yeah. And again, ToneDev, you're familiar with him from all of the, the kind of funny music and all that stuff. He was at Kind of Funny Live 1. He was at Kind of Funny Live 2. You know, you can do the math on where he'll be at Kind of Funny Live 3. Thank you. Thank you for everything. Thank always you. being able to work with you and talk to you on this level is always a fucking like <laughs> mind fuck. You know, like I, I'm very lucky that I have got to where I, I'm at in my life and that I have any form of respect from somebody like you. So no, thank it's, you. It's beautiful to watch. Bro. Thank, thank you, you for having me here, man. Till next time. I love you.